the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, friends. This is Wendy Scott. I want you to know about my personal friend, Mark Romanowski, and his locksmith and fire door inspection business. Mark decided to sponsor Season Watch to share the great joy he's experienced since he gave his life to Jesus. He accepted the Lord later in life and hopes that you won't wait to have the same peace, too. Mark's always saying, hey, man, you just need Jesus. And that's true. So if your commercial building has fire doors, contact Mark's fire door inspection services. He can inspect and certify all your fire doors and help fix the most common problems with fire marshal inspections. Like Jesus helps us pass God's inspection for heaven. You can find Mark's services and Contact info at San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. That's San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. Thank you and God bless. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part time college professor, but a full time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is his perfect revelation, including a young earth six day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation. The true church rapture comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you again for joining me with Season Watch. It's nice to have you out there listening. And so let's just begin with prayer. Jesus, we just continue to pray for the challenges that we face as Christians, um, just as people in America, seeing the changes. And God, uh, just draw us close to you. Draw us into your care. Help us to cast our cares on you and just to be full of your spirit. God, give us wisdom and discernment for these times. Help us to be bold and courageous and help others to find you and just be helpful and kind, and by our love, Lord, by our love, that they'll glorify you. And so we just give all these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And friends, things are moving fast out there. We've been talking about this a lot. And so now that the satanic coven of the UN General Assembly is over, the plans for a global government have been accelerated. We've talked about this. On top of everything else, the G77, I never even heard of them, the G77 is this large group of UN members primarily communists and dictatorships, uh, just got together and met there demanding that the U.N. launch their global government agreements now. Why? Because they want a piece of the pie. And so we know that authoritarian regimes always create a false demand before uh, they provide a regulation. They say, oh, the people are demanding it, um, but the people are not demanding global government. Uh, that, But that is what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to Meet the demand for a global leader. Just read the book. We already know about it. And so from every form of legislation is transforming America right now. Crazy stuff happening daily, implemented through legislation, through regulations, things that we don't even know are being passed. And it's happening so rapidly, we can't even keep up. Lots of times at the local level, at the state level, at the national level. And, of course, we know that the open borders are tearing down sovereignty around the world, not just in America. They're starting to outlaw carbon and nitrogen and things that make things grow. And so farmers are losing their farms. They're getting bought up. People are being pushed into uh, into collectives. It's just the craziest thing. 
And so social legislation is out of control. It's really crazy. And there's just too many things to name. And some of these measures are simply just being added to existing regulations. So we don't even notice they redefine things or expand things and we don't even know about them. And not only are the ESG micro regulations being implemented at every level of government, but these goals are being carried out by the big business partners, all these big partners that are in on it are implementing these measures like banks and box stores, investment firms. By the way, investment firms control who our retirement funds invest in. And so think about it. They use our money to force businesses to conform to these ESG scores, who in turn impose these policies on the U.S., on us, through the cultures that they create. So America, we need to wake up. Someone recently reported that their own bank statement showed their ESG score on it. Not the bank score, the person's score. So they're already scoring us. And so you keep an eye out. You might find you have an ESG score. And what do they base it on? They base it on the electronic records of what we buy and how we use our money. And AI is so uh, complex now. It can compile a score not only based on uh, your spending, but on your social media posts. That's what's doing going on in China. Already they're doing it. And these globalists want to use China's social credit score system to control through the digital grid. And so, friends, you'll want to slow down the implementation of digital currency. They're pushing for it as quick as they can. And as long as we use cash, it'll help slow it down a little bit, right? But my friend just came back from Ireland, and she said they're practically cashless. Public transportation is cashless, and most people have to download an app and scan that everywhere they go. And they'll need it because they hardly have any cars anymore. How'd that happen? (laughs) And when I went overseas, remember, I was forced to let a passport kiosk scan my face to verify my ID without even a person. And so once facial recognition gets a good face scan of you, forget it. It's over. That's what China uses. China's tracking system can track individuals based on just part of their face or part of their head. Even when you wear a mask, these uh, uh, facial recognition are so good. They can track the movements of every person. I've seen it. They can track you through um, through the the cameras. They have millions and millions of cameras around China to track people. But on top of that, they're converging that with the track record of their purchases. And so they create these social credit scores and they can cancel and control you through that. And it's really weird when you See, once the government has a good face scan, that's pretty much over. And unfortunately, I've had to do it. And so I just heard that Eventbrite, uh, the event planning platform, canceled an event that was going to protest against some new gender policy at the school. They canceled it. It was none of their business. They canceled it. And we've seen this with GoFundMe and other platforms. It has nothing to do with them. They're just providing a service and they're canceling things because they disagree with the people's thoughts and opinions, and it's happening all over. We need to wake up. And so uh, just ask Matt Gates. Even our own representatives are not for us anymore. They're in it for themselves. And so this world is in the hands of the evil one already. We have to realize that. And all his minions have been promised great riches and power and even eternal life. If you remember Isaiah 28, verse 15, it says, You have said we have made a covenant with death. And with hell we're in agreement. When the overflowing judgment shall pass through, it shall not come to us. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood we have hid ourselves. 
But the Lord says in verse 18, your covenant with death shall be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall not stand. And when the overflowing judgment shall pass through, you shall be torn down by it. And so there's there's nowhere to turn to but to the promises of God. But since the word prophesied all these things were going to happen, we should be ready. We should be comforted because we know the end. And these things are coming to pass right now. And there's nothing more trustworthy than the word of God. And so we thank you. It passes every test. And so, friends, fasten your truth belts as today we continue our discussion on the Bible defends itself. Liberal theology sows the world into the word. And we got to watch out for that. Liberal theology brings the world into the word of God. We can't do that. We can't allow it. And so last time we talked about how liberal theology has entered into most of our churches today, especially denominational churches, because it's propagated through theological seminaries and many mainline churches, most of them will only hire seminary trained pastors. But these have been trained by institutions that do not accept the Bible at face value. Isn't that terrible? And we're inviting them in and paying them to teach us lies. And whether they realize it or not, that's how they've been trained. So there's always some seeds of doubt raised concerning the most foundational principles in the Bible. And Satan intends to use these seeds of doubt to sow doubt and confusion about the word. And so remember what Satan said to Eve, did God really say? And we know doubt and confusion leads to weakening the faith. And many people fall away from their faith when they're told that they can't believe what the Bible actually says. It's very confusing. And so that was a pretty good plan, Satan. But uh, we've already discussed why the Bible is so trustworthy in the past. So please listen to those earlier episodes. It's past. Every test that man can think of it surpasses any other ancient text. It's so trustworthy. Um, But the problem is that most people just hear the lies and they don't test for the truth. And that's why it continues this way. And so liberal theology looks at the Bible and brings in worldly scholarship that raises doubts about the straightforward accounts of the Bible. And of course, when you turn to the world who does not accept the Bible as truth or does not trust in the Lord, then you incorporate the doubts that they raise. Then just as Jesus explained, the enemy sows lies into the truth. We saw in Matthew 13, Uh, Verse 24, it's a parable that he put forth in them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. That's Jesus. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares or weeds among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted up and produced a crop, the weeds also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, didn't you sow good seed into your field? How then is it that it has weeds in it? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. And that's what's happened. We have to be have to be discerners of the truth. We have only the Bible that we can trust, right? And of course, we know that Jesus promised he will destroy the fruit of the enemy. So let's not bite into that, right? Just like Adam and Eve fell for the fruit of Satan's lies. And so we find that many central doctrines have been compromised by liberal theologies and liberal teachings. And so liberal theology is responsible for many churches to doubt very clear biblical teachings and to stumble Christians in their faith and to question the Bible on topics. And here's the topics we mentioned. They question the literal six-day creation, the young earth of about 6,000 years old. They question Noah and the global flood, Lot and Sodom, the Exodus miracle, crossing the Red Sea, and that Moses wrote the first five books of 
the Bible and that Jonah was swallowed by a whale or that Daniel wrote the book of prophecy when he claimed it, not 500 years later, that Mary was a virgin or that Jesus fed 5,000 or 4,000 miraculously. They try to explain it another way. And then they sow doubts about Jesus, the miracles he did, his preaching on hell. They question that. They want to dismiss it, his prophecies and promises and that he is the only way to God. They even challenge whether he really died and rose from the dead. And worst of all, they challenge what he said. And there's, we talked about that controversy that John 16, that Jesus didn't actually say John 16. They're sowing doubts about the best scripture we've been able to use to gain people to Christ. And so they challenge all kinds of things, prophecies. They want you to throw away the book of Revelation. It's allegory. It's confusing. You don't need it. Trust us. And so does this really make sense. Um, And so Jesus described what it would be like for those who use the Lord's name in vain for their own purposes and yet undermine the truth. And we see in Matthew 15, uh, Matthew 7, verse 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Isn't that terrible? And then verse 28, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. So don't trust people who represent themselves as God's representative, but then deny the clear teachings of the Bible. And so Jesus warns against people flocking to these churches. Oh, they're popular. People love them. Oh, they're, they're really big and they, they have beautiful worship. But they lead the congregation to corruption and to a dead end, away from the truth, away from the Bible. And so for their, they do it for their own power, their own glorification. And so consider the church of Laodicea, which symbolizes the church that's left behind, the church that did not know Jesus. Listen to what he says to them in Revelation 3, 15 through 20. And we see, I know your works, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, I become wealthy, I have need of nothing, and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness be not revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And so the requirements we saw in the Church of Philadelphia, he commended the Church of Philadelphia, said that they would be spared from the tribulation because they held on to his word and they did not deny his name, Jesus. And that's what we're seeing in the liberal churches. They're denying his word and they're downplaying his name. Well, Jesus is one way. You wouldn't believe it. We have to trust his word. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And when we compromise on that, then what are we? Are we really Christians? Would he be pleased? I mean, who do you want to please, God or man? And so we must not accept lies about the Bible because someone has an impressive degree. And frankly, we can't even trust our study Bible notes. I have found so many 
false theologies embedded in those notes because most of them are seminary-trained theologians that are writing these notes. And there's a lot of really good information there, but you need discernment. And we must read the Bible ourselves, not just notes, not just commentaries, not let tell us people tell us what to think. And let the whole Bible help us interpret these passages. And so we want to read them in, in context and, ex, and accept the plain sense of the reading. And then we will know the truth and that it's trustworthy. All right. And so an example of liberal theology is that liberal theology denies the six-day creation and that the earth is only about 6,000 years old simply because evolutionary science has infiltrated their theology. This is despite the fact that most early scientists that came before Darwin were Christians. All your favorite famous scientists from the past were Christians, and they believed in the Bible, and they actually based used it as a basis to help guide their discoveries. And we'll see that Genesis account is significantly more accurate to than so-called evolutionary science, which has an anti-God agenda. And in fact, nothing in the Genesis account contradicts known facts, and the plain wording of the text leaves no confusion about the basic creation account according to God's word. And so if we open Genesis, I urge you to do this or do this after the program and read through it thoughtfully. If we open Genesis and read through chapter one, we'll find some scientifically specific details. And first of all, it tells us that the universe and all life was created in six literal days. And we say um, day one in Genesis 1, verse 3 through 5, light was created. Day 2, verse 6 through 8, firmament, or possibly the creation of matter, was created. Day 3, which is verse 13, dry land and all plant life was created. Day 4, which is verse start of verse 14 through 19, heavenly bodies, the sun, the moon, and the stars were created. Day 5, which is verses 20 through 23, marine life. And flying animals were created. And day six, which is verse 24 through 31, all land animals and Adam and Eve were created. And then day seven, very clear, uh, which is Genesis 2, 1 through 3, God rested from his work and blessed it on day seven. So let's look at a few passages to see this pattern of creation. We see Genesis 1.11. It says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and herb that yields seed, and the fruit that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And so the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said in verse 20, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So it's just some examples. You want to read through all the passages, and you'll see the same pattern. And so the Genesis account describes several simple but scientifically accurate principles. First of all, that all life comes from life. Seems pretty basic, doesn't it? The Bible knew that. All life has seed within itself to reproduce. And that all life reproduces only after its own kind. So all three of these principles clearly are clearly delineated in the creation account. And we also see that they are scientifically accurate. Notice that all life comes from life. 
and that the ability to reproduce is born within each living thing already, which we now know is controlled by the genes of every living organism, and that each living thing was designed to multiply according to its kind. Again, genetic principles. And in fact, every scientific experiment ever conducted has validated each of these principles 100% without exception. All life only reproduces after its kind and moreover, never produces a new kind. It's never been seen. Every experiment's never been seen. Uh, We could start splicing genes together, but you see it doesn't happen naturally. It has to be created in a lab. Hello, created, Uh, just like God created everything. So even then, those things don't live. Uh, This may not sound remarkable, however, the historical science has been largely ignorant of the facts of these principles. And at one time, they suggested that life can spontaneously generate from lifeless or chemical matter. It's called abogenesis, abiogenesis. And so interestingly enough, now that we know so much more, we've done all this research and testing, even today, (laughs) scientists believe that life can and did spontaneously generate from lifeless chemical matter, even given uh, millions of years, right? Apparently, the impossible is made possible, or rather, the unnatural is made, quote, natural by the passage of a great amount of time. And so that, of course, is why they claim the Earth is billions of years old. They need it. They need billions of years in order for this process to make the impossible possible by letting things sit around for a while. And maybe you can get life out of it. Even though they've never done it in a lab, it's never been possible. They can't make a case for life organizing from non-life, apart from God, without millions of years. And even then, they can't do it. There's no scientific research to show it's even possible. And then on top of that, to put consciousness in there. No, it's not possible. Um, And so another important detail we get from the Genesis account is that the time span for creation is a literal six days, all right? And this is in dispute by liberal theologians. And why? Because they're accepting the evolutionary timeline. And so we know this is because each stage of creation is followed by the phrase, so the evening and the morning were the, what, first day, second day, third day, right? So we know they're literal days. And we also know that the days are literal because the Hebrew word here for day, which is yom, always means a literal day when used with an ordinal number, right? First day, second day, third day. It always means literally a day. You really can't take it any other way. And so the word yom only means a figurative time period or age when it is not specified by a number, such as a phrase like in that day or in that day. Um, It is much like English, right? So we can say, well, someday or um, one day or in that day or in the days of right? But we cannot say on the fifth day, and actually means something figurative, right? It doesn't even work. And so moreover, the account is so clear that Jews have always understood it to be literal. And trust me, they should know. We also know that the days are literal because of the specific detail of evening and morning. So it's clear that God expects us to interpret this clear account literally by framing it entirely from the earth's perspective, which God created specifically for man to inhabit. And allowing for millions of years does not con- does not contradict the Bible because the term for day that is used in creation account can also mean oh can also mean a time period. What allowing for millions of years does contradict the Bible. Moreover, the six day creation is confirmed throughout the Bible, 
and bears the definition of the work week as established in Exodus 29 through 11. When the law was given, it says, Six days you shall labor in all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. And so these same references appear throughout the Bible, such as Leviticus 23 and Hebrews 4.4. So the entire seven-day work week is established nowhere else in history, interestingly, except in the Bible. And it's directly related to God's literal creation week. And when we look at all the evidence and consider the repeated detail, the evening and the morning were the first day, second day, third day, it's linguistically impossible to reinterpret the passage as figurative and to insert millions of years. To try and substitute an unspecified period of time when the specified days, first, second, third, fourth, are given, then this creates immeasurable confusion when interpreting the rest of the Bible. So at what point does the deliberate quantifying of days have actual meaning? When does the Bible really mean literal days, and how can we know for sure? So deferring such interpretations into the eye of the beholder, oh, this time it means this, this time it means that, really makes truth impossible, doesn't it? And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to muddy the meaning of the Bible and cause you to reconsider it. And so the most compelling reason to trust the literal interpretation of the creation account is that Jews are not confused by what the Hebrew means. And in fact, their entire system of laws, writings, their calendar, and the very clear, unambiguous six-day account and seventh day of rest. We know that these things are true. And so next time we're going to pick up and take a look at these other liberal arguments that can be dispelled simply by reading the Bible itself. And we can know that these things are true. They're actually logical. God's a logical creator. And he did things logically. And he shares them with us. We can trust them. We can stand on them. And if you don't know Jesus yet today, friend, there's not much time left. Please allow him to pay for your sins. Accept his payment. He loves you so much. And until next time, God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.